Thanks for listening to the Word Alive podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching. For more resources, please download our app by typing WAIO in your Play Store. This is an exciting time of year. If you're not, if you don't understand this, there's uh, lots of teachings on our website that uh, this is a year we're about to enter the fall feast. This is the month of Elul. We entered the month of Elul. That's a Hebraic month. And it's a Hebraic calendar, or biblical calendar, I should say, that we live on. Uh, and so we, we believe that, there, that you need to be where God wants you to be at God's time. And that's why, it's, it's, it, that's why we track it this way. We want to be on the biblical calendar to be where God wants us to be. And so we entered the month of Elul. And uh, we did it on, on Monday night, Tuesday. And it's an exciting month in preparation for the fall feast, the Feast of Trumpets, it's called. And this is that feast where we begin to celebrate Tabernacles, Rosh Hashanah, which is, the, which is a Hebraic New Year, Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. This is the time of year where God calls His people to Himself. Uh, the uh, ancient Hebrew wisdom declares God, uh, the king is in the field. And so what, what does that mean? Well, in the ancient culture, once a year, the king would leave his palace and get out in the field, and anybody and everybody had access to him. This is that kind of environment Elul creates. God, God is always near. Right? The sun's always shining. But there's seasons where the sun's heat is more intense. Y'all with me on that? Sun's always shining, but there's seasons where the sun's closer and it's intense. This is one of those seasons where God, yes, is, is always near, but he gets really near. And like it gets to that place where, where you can easily access him during this month to find, to realign, if you will, to repent, to return, to get back onto purpose. And so that's what this feeling is about. And so we started studying this and looking into it and began to realize that there's a significant 40-day period that began on Monday night. Now, if, uh, if, if uh, those of you that don't believe it's uh, uh, good enough just for us to have studied and found it out, then God sent us an eclipse uh, just as another sign, right? How I many were aware that Monday night, there was, Monday there was an eclipse? Uh, the, and uh, we believe the heavens declare the glory of God and the heavens speak to us. And some people get sideways with that because they say, well, that's new age. No, that's actually Bible. That's how the guys found Jesus. Right? They were following the stars. And so, you don't have to applaud yet, but I'll need some in a minute. But anyway, uh, but this is important, really. It's really important that we understand what time it is. Where we're at with God so we can move into our purpose and into our destiny. And so uh, we, we realized that during this 40-day period from Elul 1 all the way through the Day of Atonement, which is a 40-day period this time of year, this is ancient Hebrew wisdom, biblical wisdom, that this is a shofar. And this is a ram's horn. And this is taken from uh, the concept when uh, Isaac was offered up. And Abraham took Isaac to, to the altar on the mountain and God provided a ram. And the sacrifice was made. How many of you know Jesus is the Lamb of God and was sacrificed for us? And so, so we believe that, that this is a, a significant instrument biblically. I can take you through the Bible and show you that when they went to war, they would blow something like this called a shofar or a ram's horn. When they would uh, call the army together to everybody get man your post, it was done with a shofar. When they, when they circled Jericho seven times and then gave a shout and blew the trumpet, that was the shofar. And so this is all throughout the scripture. Actually, every new month, new moon, as we're doing this time, you're to blow this at the head of the month to, to signify it's a brand new month, we get a brand new start. 
And we celebrate that here around World Alive with Houses of Light. So if you're not connected with that, you should. That's where we get together as a community of believers in somebody's home. We blow this shofar signifying, hey, God, we're aligning with you the new month. We take communion together, have a meal, pray for one another. It's powerful. It is powerful. People say, well, you know, I can serve Jesus. I don't have to be connected to community. You can't serve him well. I'll wait on you. Now's the time I can get some of this. You can't be properly connected to the head if you're not connected to the body. People who just want to serve Jesus by themselves, to me, is just selfish. Right? It's community when we follow Jesus. And so that's what this is about. It's about rallying a, a cry and, and doing this time here. So we were just wild enough around here at Word Alive to say we're going to get some. And so we bought a bunch of them last week and sold out. So we bought a bunch of them again this week, and you can buy one today. And maybe we, they could should have come with a video because there's some weird sounds coming out of this. You know what I mean? Like I'm hearing people walk around, it sounds more like a gazoo, but you know what I mean? It's like, but we're learning. And for those of us who hadn't mastered it yet, we've got an app on our phone that actually does it perfectly. And so we play that in the background, right? That's kind of like a little, uh, little backup singing with us, you know. On our, but we're just, we're just hungry enough. We're just desperate enough. We just so want to see God move in people's lives that we're willing to step out in any act of obedience if we think it will bring God into the situation and move us forward with him. Amen? And we're just wild enough to say, if it means getting outside and blowing a shofar, then, man, I'm going to blow it for 40 days and believe God's going to do something. And so that's what I've been doing. I get outside every morning. I rip this thing early in the morning. I blow it over my house. My family, thank God, lives close to me. I blow it over their houses. And then I, then I blow it over the church. And, and I'm just, just, just hammering it. Because there's something powerful about this sound. And there's something powerful about 40 days. Significant in Scripture. We know from Scripture that uh, Moses went on the mountain for 40 days, got clarity from God. We believe this is a season where you can get clarity from God. Touch two people say, time, now's time to get clarity. Tell them, now's time to get clarity. Uh, this is a time where God sent uh, Jonah to call a nation to repentance. For 40 days. All begin this time of year. Elul 1, Elul 1, Jonah went and called a nation. How many believe our nation, the nation of America, needs to be called to repentance? I mean, I spoke on it last week, and I don't have to go back into it again, but, but our nation is divided, and, and, and this racial issues are dividing our nation, and the religious issues are dividing our nation, and economic issues are dividing our nation. It's time to call our whole nation to, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. That's what God says. This is the time of year to do that. Act like that. Draw near to God. We also know only a little one that this is when Jesus went in the wilderness for what? 40 days and defeated the enemy. How many of you are ready to defeat the enemy in some areas of your life during this season? Amen? I believe that. And so we're moving forward this way. We're moving forward into this, into this season. And uh, this really is, is an alarm. That's why it says, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain. How many of you have ever been riding and all of a sudden heard a siren, right, ambulance, police, and it's loud and it's shrieking? That's, that's kind of what this sound is supposed to be, kind of a shrieking, piercing sound that gets your attention, that causes you to stop. 
Because, you know, when you hear a siren, you stop because you realize something's going on that's more important than what I'm actually doing right now. That's what a siren's about. Whoa, something urgent, something important's happening. So this God comes this time of year saying, I want everybody to be, nobody to miss this, everybody to be well aware, hey, I'm about to do something. I'm ready to move in people's lives. I'm ready to bring people closer to me. I'm ready to release blessings. I'm ready to release favor. I'm ready to give mercy to anybody who's willing to repent. So I'm going to sound this thing for 40 days because I don't want anybody to miss out on what I'm doing in this season. So touch three more people say, God does not want you to miss this season. I'm gonna have to, let's, let's turn the enthusiasm up two notches, all right? Turn somebody like you really, turn, turn somebody like you really mean it and say, God don't want you to miss this season. Tell them. All right. We, one of the things God awakens us to in this season is destiny, purpose. I sense destiny like never before on this church. I sense a call, a destiny on our lives. That we're called for more than just doing church. We're called for more than just paying bills, making it to retirement, and dying safely. I'm not saying everybody's called to that. I'm just saying we're not called to that. I revisited some prophecies, and I'll bring some of you up to speed. Ten years ago, almost to the day, we said yes to a prophecy, to a move of God. I've learned something about God. When he says soon, it could be a decade. But I'm revisiting those prophecies, and we said yes. But, you know, we don't listen clearly, do we? We just hear the big headlines like God wants to move. It's going to be awesome. People's lives are going to be radically changed. These these prophecies were staggering. Like there there would be such a move of God in this place that people would walk in one way get into the presence of God, and would leave radically transformed. What would have taken two years of counseling happens in one worship service in the presence of God moving like that. These kind of of prophecies. And then that God would raise this up as as a base camp and then would send those from here, an, an earthly army, if you will, a land force that would go to nations and establish other beachheads declaring God's freedom and God's anointing to set people free and move people forward. And I'm not saying it's not happening. I'm just saying there's a destiny on us for more to happen. I just talked to a young girl in tears right after the service that came to me that just, just blessed me by to no, no end, who said, her mom, standing with her, both crying, said, last week we were in church. My daughter is 20-something years old, and since eight years old, she suffered panic attacks. Nothing could help her. We've prayed for her. She's been on medication. We've done everything we need to do. For all these years, she's suffered with terrible panic attacks. We don't know what happened, but last week, she walked in this service, and somebody laid hands on her, and I don't know what happened to her. All I can tell you is, she is radically changed, and they are gone in Jesus name come on somebody 
And she's standing there with this bright smile on her face. And she's just this young, beautiful girl saying, I don't, I, I've never felt this great in my life. Called freedom. And that's our mission. Personally and corporately. And I re-listened to these prophecies and I thought it was interesting because I didn't hear this part then. I should have listened better. He said, you've got a, this was 10 years ago. He said, you've got a nice church. 10 years ago. He said, you've got a really nice church. There's a real good anointing. People are getting saved and will continue to get saved. And you don't have to say yes to a move of God or yes to the mission from God. And, and, and you can stay a nice, neat church. But you'll never dent darkness. And we were just crazy enough to say yes. And it's cost us. It's cost us to say yes to something that believing there's more. That we refuse to be normal, nominal Christians who just live life for themselves if there really is a mission to be fulfilled to make the earth a better place to live in, co-laboring and partnering with God. And so we get knocked down, but we get up again because you're never going to keep us down. We get knocked down, but we're up again because you're never going to keep us down. And it's messy. Look. This is messy. This isn't your normal Christian Sunday morning. Hey, let's all get a ram's horn and blow it for 40. It's not normal when you got people puking at the altar because they're throwing up demons. But it is just what it is. Because we refuse to be a church that's just going to be a nice, tidy, neat church. Just like any other organization that can maybe help somebody in two or three years. Darkness is demanding that we get the presence of God on us, mission in our hearts, and go fulfill everything God's calling us to do. Touch two or three or four people and say, we're going to live on mission. And so I know personally God's talked to you. Corporately, I'm calling you from the Lord to say we got to be people who live on mission. If you're going to be part of Word Alive International Outreach, probably first thing you should do is start tithing. Second thing you start doing is get a passport. Because we just believe God's so much bigger, so much more that he wants to do that he will bless us so we can be a blessing. Yes, your bills are going to get paid. Yes, you're going to prosper. Yes, your family's going to get blessed. Yes, you're going to find freedom. But not to just live in it, but to share it with the whole world and tell the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My Bible says something like this. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's not, it's not talking about Kent go to all the world. Talking about us. Touch two or three people and say, you're going to the world. Tell them, you're going to the world. Man, that enthusiasm went way down again, huh? Now, I understand that we can't all get fired up about the world right now because we get knocked down. We get knocked down. And the enemy doesn't want you or I 
to get all of our bills paid and to get our lives sorted and get our and he the enemy doesn't want your children to to get off drugs and and find their way and he doesn't want to get your he doesn't want you to get away from your problems because he knows if he can keep you focused on yourself and your problems you'll never live on mission. But I got good news. In 40 days, as we blow this horn, I believe some walls are coming down, some demons are going to be defeated, and people are going to find their purpose again. There's a Hebrew word for what I'm talking about. It's called tiku alam, which literally means repair the world. We as believers, we as followers of God, we are supposed to be on mission with God Repairing the world. Making the world a better place to live in. Now we realize, of course, the whole world won't be prepared, repaired totally until our Messiah returns. And then everything's going to get sorted out. But we also believe in the process we are to partner with God and make the world a better place to live in. That's why I think it's, uh, uh, what's that scripture in... Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. Somebody say creation. creation. Old things have passed away, behold, all things become new. Isn't it interesting, he didn't say you're a new creature, but creation. This is, the, this is a big word. That means if you're in Christ, you should be repairing your world and the world around you. That's the anointing on us as followers of Jesus, as people living as new, new, as new born again, people that have come alive spiritually. We, we just, it should be natural that you want to make the world a better place. When you see a need, it should move you. When you see something, you should have compassion. It says Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw needs and healed them. So we become people, as followers of Jesus, we become people that aren't just trying to get our things fixed. Yes, that's part of the process, but we get that fixed, and then we start fixing other people's issues. Living on mission. Touch two or three more people with enthusiasm and tell them we're going to live on mission. Tell them we're going to live on mission. Now here's where I'm going I'm to get you. I wouldn't be calling you to it if you hadn't already agreed to it. And you, and you didn't agree to it when you came to this church. You didn't even agree to it when you met Jesus. You actually agreed to it while you were in your mother's womb. Psalm 139 says, Your eyes saw me as an embryo, and in your book all my days were already written. My days had been shaped before any of them existed. The Hebra ancient Hebraic wisdom is the first 40 days while you're in your mother's womb, while your body's being formed, your spirit is standing before God agreeing to your mission that he sent you here to fulfill. And that's why some of us, I, I don't, I'm not teaching on this right now, but it's important. That's why some of you had to go through some things to get to where you are because you agreed to it. Because your mission dictated you're going to have to have a compassion for children. Then God said, well, you're gonna have to, I'm going to have to send you and you may have to live in an orphanage. 
Or you may have to be born to to an illegitimate family. Or you may have to go through some hard times. Why? You agreed to it before you ever got here. And the good news is it's all designed to form you for your mission and form you for your purpose and your destiny on the earth. Even all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. The bad, the good, the ugly, the indifferent, everything, the divorce, the death, the breakup, the disappointment, it's all working to keep you on mission for his purposes and his plans to be fulfilled. Touch three or four people, say all things are working. Tell them. So here's the good news. I get knocked down, but I get up again because you're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again because you're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again because you're never going to keep me down. The righteous fall seven times, Proverbs says, but they get up again. It's not about how many times you fall. That's not what the issue is. It's how many times you're going to get back up. You may fall 7, 70, or 700. It doesn't matter in God's economy as long as you get back up again. Touch three or four people say, I'm about to get back up again. I'm about to get back up. Now, I don't have to keep making my case For you to believe that, that you're going to get knocked down. I got good news. If you got knocked down, you'll get up. If you hadn't got knocked down, you're going to get knocked down. Come on now. We get knocked down, but we get up again. That's what this time of year is all about. It's God comes around every year. He doesn't wait for revival. He doesn't wait for down the road. He comes intentionally every year at this time of year. And he says, hey, if you got knocked down, hear the alarm. Hear the wake-up call. Whatever's gotten you down, it's going to break off you, and you can get back up again and get right back on track with me. That's what this time of year is about. You say, well, I can get saved anytime. True. You can get saved anytime, but you can't get back on track anytime. Because sometimes you make choices that you have to cycle through before you get to get back on the other side and make it through again. So he comes every year warning, saying, I don't want you cycling again, going around the same mountain in the wilderness. I'm ready for you to go in the promised land. So I'm going to blow this thing for 40 days to say, I want you to get up. I want you to get moving because we're going somewhere. This, I failed to mention, this was also used when the cloud was moving. The priest would stand on top of the mountain. And when the cloud started moving, because it says when the cloud moved, they moved. And it says when the cloud started moving, he'd go, oh, and he would summon them to say, hey, the cloud's moving. Why was that important? Because if you didn't move with the cloud, you lost your air conditioning, lost your manna, lost your protection, lost everything. Some people are still stuck in an old season, and they ain't got no provision, ain't got no protection, ain't got no anointing, because the cloud moved and you stayed the same place. My God, I'm preaching to somebody now. Touch somebody and say, get up and move in this season. Get up and move. Don't get stuck in an old season. 
Don't get stuck. I love when David came, uh, when somebody came to somebody. Samuel came to David and said, I got a lot of messages going right now. So much for one point. Samuel came to David and said, how long will you keep grieving over Saul? Fill your horn. My God. I just got that one. Fill your horn with oil and Somebody better grab a hold of something right there. That's what this was. The horn. God's tooting at us. Saying, hey, get ready. I'm ready to move. Don't miss it. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you in another wilderness another year. I want you to move with me. Lay, lay down that unforgiveness. Throw off that bitterness. Get rid of that bad attitude. Lay that sin aside. Get yourself ready. Rend your heart, not your garments, and move with me in this season. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I'm trying to get to my story. I'll get, I'm going to hit it right now. I'll just paraphrase it for you. Guy named Elijah. It's all in 1 Kings 18, 19. I won't even, well, you can run them, but just stay with me. Just let me tell you because we're going to run out of time. 1 Kings 18, 19. Here's a man named Elijah. Somebody say Elijah. Elijah. Elijah was a man on mission. He was powerful. Anointed by God, mighty man of God. He's so powerful, he prays and it doesn't rain. And he, and he prays again, and the rain comes. So he literally, through his prayers, could open and shut heaven. He shows up on a mountain. This is in the Bible, and it's a great story, where the prophets of Baal, who were leading God's people astray into idol worship, and he calls them on it. And he says, how long will you halt between two opinions? If God be God, follow God. If Baal's God, follow Baal. He calls them to a place of repentance. And they show up as the, like a showdown on the mountain. And, he, and, and, and man, he's like almost arrogant in his anointing. That's how powerful he was. He said, here's the deal. Let's go to the mountain. You call your God, and I'll call on my God. And the God that answers by fire, that's going to be God. So they got a big, built a big altar, a bunch of sacrifices. And he said, you go first. And they started calling, calling on God, cutting themselves, it says, doing all kind of sacrifice, trying to get their idol to answer. By the way, that has ears that can't hear, a mouth that can't speak, and eyes that can't see. Which are so many of what we worship. But that's a whole other thing. You call on your God, I'll call on my money. Same thing, right? I mean, I could list them. I'm just, you, you get the point. And then he makes fun of them. He's like, why ain't your God answering? This is the exact translation. Is he in the toilet? Like, is he, you know, what's that word? Indisposed? Can, doesn't have time to pay attention to? I mean, that kind of, you know. 
And they go on and on. It says for all day, and nothing happened. So it gets his turn. He, he takes water and pours it all over it to make sure that no spark of any human effort could do anything. And he calls on God. And when he did, it says the fire of the Lord fell, consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. He, and he's like, drops the mic, bam. Right? I mean, it's that kind of boom, drops the shofar. Bam. That's God. My, I just want to tell you that, that he's powerful. Now, the reason I want to exaggerate the point to you is to say, if this can happen to him, it definitely can happen to me and you. Because as soon as he has this great victory, it says a messenger of Jezebel was sent to him, which is translated a messenger of Satan. Jezebel was a, a picture of a demonic entity that's still very much alive today through control and witchcraft and manipulation. And it says a, a messenger from Satan basically was sent to him. Let me go ahead and just tell you this. If you decide to jump on board and get on mission and live on mission, you will be sent a messenger. Because the enemy doesn't want you on mission and you will be sent a messenger. That's just part of the way it works. This messenger was so powerful, it says that here the man that called on God and called fire ran for his life. That's how powerful it was. Ran for his life all the way to a place called Beersheba, the lowest place in Israel. And got up under a tree and was in such depression, said, it's enough. I can't take anymore. God, I'm going to take my own life. And was going to commit suicide. So here's the guy that called fire down. Now he's wanting to commit suicide in despair of his own life because of the messenger of Satan. But I got good news. It says another messenger was sent. And this wasn't a messenger of Satan. It was a messenger from God. And it says an angel of God turned up and for how many days? Forty days fed him with supernatural food and said to him, The journey is too great for you. Eat this spiritual food and go back to the mountain of God where you first got this commission and get back on track and get back on mission. I'm prophesying to somebody, you may have got knocked down. You may have been in despair. You may have been in depression. The enemy may have thrown everything he had at you, but I got good news. There's a messenger of God that's about to come stand against the messenger of Satan, and you're about to see a release in this season to move you forward in your destiny and your purpose. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Touch two or three people. Say, get ready for a messenger. Tell them, get ready for a messenger. Goes back to Mount Horeb, high place, which is actually the same as Mount Sinai. Same mountain. That's the mountain where Moses climbed up for 40 days and heard God's voice. Now Elijah is on that mountain. And it's on that same mountain of encounter. I'm telling you, I'm prophesying to you, in this 40 days of releasing this sound, somebody's about to have a supernatural encounter with God and it's going to take you back to your place of mission and purpose and it's going to destroy the enemy's message off your life and move you forward in this season. I'm prophesying to you in Jesus' name.
You know the story. It says there was an earthquake, a fire, a wind, but God wasn't in the earthquake. God wasn't in the fire and God wasn't in the wind. God was in a still, small voice. Direct translation in ancient Hebrew wisdom, sound of shofar. The ancient Hebrew wisdom is the sound of shofar. In the sound of shofar is heard a still, small voice. In this season, God is going to speak to you. Not me. God is going to speak to you personally in a still, small voice that you will be able to recognize because it's the same voice you stood before when you were your first 40 days in your mother's womb. It's the same voice that called you on mission to start with, and it's the same voice. Why, how do you think that everybody hears Jesus' voice when he wakes them up? Because that was the same voice you heard when you were in your mother's womb. It's the same God who breathed life and breath into your lungs. It's the same God we're talking about today that's going to wake you back up, give you a rebirth, if you will, back on purpose and mission. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I don't care how many times you blew it. I only blew it maybe 15 times yesterday. But his mercies are new every morning. This month is known as the month of mercy. Isn't it interesting he would call us to repentance in a month of mercy? He's just looking to be merciful to somebody and put you back on mission and purpose. Elijah hears that voice, what happens? God said, first of all, what are you doing here? Love that question. Why aren't you on mission? Why aren't you on purpose? God said, get up, go, and anoint Hazael, Jehu, Elisha. In other words, get back to your ministry. Get back to your purpose Get back to your mission of, of good works. Get back to what I've called you to do. And it says immediately he did. And of course you know the story. Elijah fulfilled his mission. Supernatural. Jezebel was defeated. And it's a whole big old story. My simple point to you today is. You get knocked down. You get up again. Because the devil can't keep you down. You get knocked down. You get up again. Because the devil can't keep you down. You are a word let me tell you, you are a word from God. Listen to me. God spoke you into existence. And Isaiah 55 says, his word cannot return void. It will produce that which it was sent to do. The devil can't stop your destiny because your destiny is a word of God. And the seed of destiny sooner or later will break the husk of iniquity. And you will walk in your purpose and your destiny in the earth and fulfill your mission and mandate in Jesus' name. This sounds so powerful that I'm talking to you about this so far. It says in 1 Thessalonians 4.16 that when the Messiah returns, it's going to blow this so far. Look, it says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a rousing cry and call from one of the ruling angels and with God so far. And those who have died united with Messiah will be the first to get up out of the ground. Talking about get up again. 
talking about get knocked down but get up again. You know, we've got a pretty good role model. Devil knocked Jesus down. Dead three days. Paul the apostle said that I might know the fellowship of his suffering. But I also may know the power of his resurrection. I've got news for somebody. You've been in a season of suffering. But just as you've been in a season of suffering, you're about to get in a season of resurrection. I'm prophesying that to you in the name of Jesus for the glory of God. I believe this shofar is going to resurrect some things in your life, in my life. Some people in this room, I feel it. You think your dream is dead, too old, too far gone, too many mistakes, too much water over the bridge. I'm here to tell you that God is able to resurrect your life and your dreams and your passion and your vision. And something that I love that God and only God can do is that He can redeem the time. That's something people think you don't get back. But my God has the power to even redeem time. Ephesians 5 says, awake from the dead, Christ will give you light. It's all in this run of scripture. Walk circumspectly knowing the days, of, days are evil. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost redeeming the time. In this season of 40 days, if you would say yes to God, in this season right now, He could redeem all the past mistakes and times in a moment just like this and move you right back to purpose and destiny. That's how He does it. That's what He loves to do. And He loves to give trophies of testimonies of those who've just been totally whacked out and all of a sudden heard the sound and rose up and became exactly who they were called to be. That's what's happening in this season right now. God is raising us up, calling us to walk in, in this anointing, in this mission, personally, corporately, and to fulfill our destiny and purpose in the kingdom of God. These are exciting days. And so in just a moment, we were going to culminate the same, because there's an anointing here right now. I mean, it's like the gas is on the floor, just somebody strike a match. You know what I'm talking about? It, it, is, it is here. I believe in just a moment, as we move by faith, just things are going to break. Things are going to come alive. Things are going to reawaken. Wake up. Move, shift, change. And we honored the Lord in giving our first fruits. And, and this is one of the main ways we return to God. Because it happens to all of us. We, we drift, don't we? You know, all of a sudden you get fired up and you start tithing and praying and, you know, going on missions trip and you get really fired up. And then, the, then you get a messenger trying to stop you. And then if you, if you get down and don't get up again, you know how it is. Next week, next month, next year, next thing you know, you've gotten in a cycle and it just draws you totally away from mission and purpose. But thank God for his intentionality that he comes every year for 40 days to say, I so desperately want you to walk in purpose, in mission, that I'll come for 40 days in a row saying, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, don't miss it, don't miss it. And can you dream with me just one minute before we move in this? We're going to just a minute. I'll invite you. We'll take these baskets. We'll put them in every section. And we invite people to give first fruits. You say, why is, it, why is money important? 
I'll tell you why money is important. It's the way you return to God. It's the only other God you can't serve. He said, the only other God you can't serve in me is mammon. God said, that's the only one you can't serve and me. You got to choose on those. Why? Because it's the easiest thing to trust. It's the easiest thing to trust. I know. I've lived it. I get a lot of money in the bank. I don't need God as much. Come on, somebody. Don't shout me down because I'm telling you the truth. That's why Deuteronomy 8 says, don't forget. When I've given you houses you didn't build, land you didn't buy, and things you couldn't get on your own, and you're fat, and you're full, and you're living in prosperity, don't forget I'm the one who gave it to you. Nobody leaves God in hard times. They leave him in good times. And so God gives us this thing called first fruits. It's how you honor him. You honor God with it. It says, Proverbs 3, Honor the Lord with your first fruits of your increase. Your barns shall be filled with plenty, and your presses shall burst forth with new wine. So every new month, we don't, we don't take offerings to have boxes in the back, but every month we let these first fruits baskets be available. We go to every section, and we invite people to take a step of faith. Why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And if you come to God, you must believe that He is God, and he, that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And 1 John 5 and 4 says, by faith we overcome the world. And so when we give today, we're saying, I'm stepping into purpose, I'm stepping into destiny, and I'm stepping into this place of overcoming in my life. And then we're going to release this sound, hopefully. It's always a step of faith to blow this publicly. But we're going to release it. And we're going to release it over our lives, and, we're just going to, and then we're going to say a declaration and just speak the words of decree, because here's what's happening this time of year. If we move right with God, and you may not understand this, but I'm telling you, it's, it's biblical. It's all throughout the scriptures. It's all throughout ancient Hebrew wisdom. If we move right with God in this season, it says the books of life are opened during the days of all which are coming. And if we move with God properly, your name is inscribed for blessings for this upcoming year. Now, here's the thought, and I'll leave you with this. Every year, they come to this time of year expecting the Messiah could return. Great hopes and expectation. This could be the year that Jesus comes back. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that. This could be the year. Right? This is their thought process. Every time, they don't do it at Passover because they don't think he's coming at Passover. They don't do it uh, at Pentecost, because they know he's not coming back at Pentecost. You know that scripture that they used to scare us all of our lives? He's coming like a thief in the night. <laughs> Only to those who are asleep. To those who are awake and know what time it is, you'll know exactly when he's coming. He's going to come. If he comes, he'll come within the next 40 days this year. If he doesn't come within the next 40 days, he's not coming this year. Now here's the, <laughs> I know y'all, I know y'all, that's true. But here's what happens, if he doesn't come, he blesses us, so we can spend another year repairing the world until he does. So every year we get to this time, we should have great expectations that we're either going to get to go, 
or, or we're going to get blessed so that we can continue repairing the world, making way for the Lord to come. And then when he does come on that day and that trumpet does sound, and man, what a day is that going to be? That's going to be wild. People around the church will think I'm blowing my shofar. It's the Lord's shofar. That's why they blow this for 40 days. Thinking one of those days it could be the day. Can you imagine one of these days we put it up to our lips and go. Dead people start popping up out of your yard. Say, you didn't know I was here, did you? <laughs> yeah, my grandpa put you there. No, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's real. It's reality. But we're supposed to live on mission until he comes. Now dream with me just a minute and we'll move. Can you dream if we all started, if we all really got blessed? Because I know, well, you got to get blessed. You can't pay somebody else's bills if your bills ain't paid. I understand that. You can't go on a mission trip and pay the ticket and buy a passport if you ain't got any money in the bank. God knows that. But the, but the belief is this time of year, if you will write God a proposal, this is the true belief, if you will write God a proposal saying, God, if you will do this for me this year, here's what I want to do for you. They believe if you'll present God not only your sin to, to, the, to the Hebraic mindset, Repentance isn't just, I'm sorry for my sin. Repentance is, what do you want to do for God? And you say, God, if you will do this for me, here's what I'll do for you. And it says it's inscribed and sealed, and it will happen. Now, if he does it, you don't do it, and you get around this next year. That's the way he works. But I know, I know some of us are already moving in it. These houses of light that I've talked to you about earlier, that this week, all over this region, people will meet in houses. And they'll blow this shofar. And they'll love on each other. And they'll share a meal. They'll take communion. And they'll celebrate the goodness of God from the past month and look forward to what God's going to do this month. But they live on mission, too. Dan, my brother was just at a a house of light this past week. You know what they do? They, they take their own offerings together. And they fund a backpack ministry that funds all the homeless kids in our area. If you didn't realize this, in our public school system, there's homeless children that don't have a place to sleep. They sleep around families' houses, cars. They don't actually have a place to sleep. And they make sure food's in their backpack so that they can get through the weekend before, so they can get back to school lunch again. God, I love that. There's a radical group over in Gadsden that teamed up with a uh, stripper's ministry that go to the strip clubs and preach the gospel and gift the girls and love on the girls and pray for the girls. And are seeing salvations and deliverances. And some of the girls come in and out of our church because of that ministry. Because they're living on mission. we got a team leaving next week for Honduras. Going to be teaching leaders how to live and move in freedom. 
We got missionaries on the ground in Nepal and Cambodia digging water wells right now as we speak, making clean water available to hundreds of people that would never have had clean water if people didn't decide to live on mission. What's all I'm talking about? Making the world. We just had a crew get back from Peru. I just had a report. Talked to him this past week. How that several hundred teachers were so extremely blessed because we had a crew that went down and taught them how to educate handicapped children. And a whole movement's happening because somebody in our church said, I'm going to live on mission. See, I really believe this is what God wants to wake us back up to. Because I'll read this and I'll, I'll move on. I know I'm kind of scattered today, but I love what this is. Awake, you sleeper from sleep. Rouse yourself out of your slumber. Examine your deeds. Come to God in repentance remembering your creator you who are caught up in your daily routine losing sight of the eternal truth you're wasting your years in vain pursuit that profits nothing I'm not being negative it's just it happens to me you just get in a routine and next thing you know you just you just doing life and you just getting by and you forget about the eternal purpose you were even called here for. So what God comes every year. Hey, let me wake you back up. Isn't he good? He doesn't come beating you over the head with a shofar. He's waking you up with it. Come on back alive. Get back in the purpose. Get back in your destiny. Move with me. I got some things I want to do with you this year. I want some things I want you to do for me and some things I want to do for you. It moves us back into relationship with him and we make, make it another great year living in the blessing of the Lord. That's what my prayer is for this 40 days as we move forward. Thanks for listening to this message. If you are blessed by this message, you can give by visiting waio.org or by downloading the Wayo app and selecting Give. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Thanks.